when we experience discomfort or fear or worry, and we don't know where it's coming from, we don't know why, that can worry us even more. And when we don't know what to do with that, when we don't know what to do with an emotion, period, and it is stuck inside us, it literally affects the physical body, the mental body, and it can just stay stuck in loop and then drive us even more and more into that state of worry. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, depending when you're listening. I'm recording in the morning, and it is one of the most gorgeous mornings. Certainly feels like in a while, probably just because of, obviously it's been a somewhat humid summer, but uh, just a refreshingly crisp air. There is refreshingly crisp air. Got to open the windows last night, or chose to open the windows last night. It was... One of the best sleeps. Good morning. Exciting day here at Koru for that matter as well. We are we have a meeting quite soon. I'm pretty pretty jazzed about with regard to our new direction, our new project, um, the evolution of Koru. Basically, Happy Grow Media, a real wellness collective. Big day for us, and you'll be seeing a lot more about that soon. Essentially, we're committing to content creation. That's the, I guess, the vernacular. I need to be getting better at saying. So what's new? Uh, we know Joe and Kamala are running together. Um, God, here's the really tricky thing I want to say about the macro right now, the, or at least the national macro. The... Equation. I play with equations in my head all the time. Let's just face it. I, I'm in my head a lot of the time. Um, I'm also pretty grounded, which is a major part of the conversation you're about to hear, groundedness. But there's no denying that I think a lot. It would be stupid for me to pretend otherwise. So I play with equations. I try to map things out just because that's what I do. Um, I don't get a, attached to, you know, any where I think things are going to go or have expectations, but I do, you know, I like to plan and strategize and, and imagine what's possible. And the difficult thing here with the national scene that I see is there's no equation. In other words, if you change the variables even a little bit or or a lot, I don't see how there isn't any equation that doesn't end with more civil unrest. So in other words, no matter what happens in November, no matter what happens with schools, no matter what happens with a vaccine, and no matter what other obviously significant, potentially divisive and controversial and... (laughs) Ignore that. No matter what potentially dramatic... um, shift for better or worse happens. There's no equation as I see it where the result isn't 
more civil unrest. And I, I have been checking on that idea and that, that position with everybody, and it seems like most intelligent people agree with that. And that is um, sobering, to say the least. So there you go. Um, not going to pretend that I don't want Joe and Kamala to uh, win the election. And I certainly, as I've said before, no matter what, it's not a solution. There's you know, to say that we need to be committed to grassroots activities and organizations and essentially, to be really blunt, shifting our world from an excessively individualistic one to a more interdependent one where probably we organize ourselves in villages and uh, modern day communal contexts where there's a lot more sharing and we don't compromise on our, um, our needs in any ways that we are right now, uh, I think that's pretty much what's inevitable. And to be clear, I don't, I've explored hippie commune stuff and I've done all that jazz and I know the problems there. It's not a, that's not a solution either, nor is communism. And I'm not even going to go into any of that crap. For now, let's just leave it at that. There's no equation that doesn't look like more big changes to say the least put it in a slightly more uh benign terms there okay that was enough of an intro the guest that you are about to um meet maybe and and hear speak about herself for the first time or in a new way for the first time is a pretty extraordinary lady and believe me i know um i have a front row seat for the whole for her whole life so, <laughs> the trick with this chat, because obviously this is Ari, um, the trick here was for us to not just be in the middle of the conversations that we're always in, but for us to engage like we're just exploring things in a new way, so that it's fresh, so that we're not just repeating things that we literally talk about probably most days in between all the other things we do, like... Well, we do a lot of different things, whether it's with regard to parenting or being lazy on the couch. Uh, there's a, there's a, the working out that we've been exploring, all the family time. Obviously, everything uh, is us. But for this conversation, it needed to be about everybody. And we, we didn't want to... So we spare you a lot of inside jokes or boring uh, personal references or... Uh, our own little interpersonal dramas, and we just stick primarily with the, um, well, her work and what that looks like in relationship to Koru and what this new development is called Happy Grow Media, a real wellness collective. And I think it went pretty damn well. Um, I'm happy about it. It was fun. We're going to do it again for sure. Like I said earlier, we talked primarily in the beginning, we explored this idea of groundedness, and that's probably a good place for us to have started and maybe an inevitable one. Where we go, you will see, but let's no, there's no denying it was, a, it was a good time, and we got into a lot more than I expected, to say the least. So without further ado, my fiance, my love, my partner, essentially wife, and uh, the extraordinary one and only Ariana Renee Shimek. Thank you.
Oh, obviously we can edit it out. Did you want to get that burp again? <laughs> I'll save it for later. Okay. I okay. hope so. All right. Um, is this... They're no, big. Good. They're a little big. Yeah. Is that it? No, I think that's just the way that it feels on your head. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have a little head. You have a big head. I have a huge head. That's right. Both... Literally and, and figuratively, figuratively, right? Speaking, yeah, probably bigger figuratively. All right, mm-hmm. just joking. So you just flew in from was it Venus? It's Venus. Right? Yeah, and I hear you're from Mars. Is that true? That's what they say. What they say. I, yeah, I kept thinking, how we we're eventually, obviously, just going to hit record. But should we pretend that you're from another planet? Like, should we pretend that you're born you're born in 19 like oh five but i am from another planet and i am born from another time you know that story outlander the show on stars i know you know i know that story right it's inspired (laughs) by a true story oh really a lot of it's fabricated like the time period and whatnot but and what's the british person's her name is claire fraser well her new name is claire fraser and that's really about me. But that's for another time. We don't have to talk no, about I mean, that what's now. What's the British slang for the English oh. woman? Sassanac. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or is it Sassernac? I don't know. Sassernac. All I know is that Jamie says Bonnie all the time. Bonnie lass. And Baron. Baron and Laird. Laird and Baron and Bonnie. Laird of. It's a Bonnie, Bonnie Byrne going to be a laird of this here laird of this lock someday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you're a Bonnie Laird. I appreciate that. Or pretty lord. If you think so. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Try uh, to do what we do. What did somebody say the other night? And we, the uh, Oh, yeah. The ice, man. The ice is what we do. No, the oh. ice is how we, we take care of ourselves. Yeah, it is. Very and you much do so. love the ice. I do love the ice, yes. Yeah. I do. I started taking cold showers. That's how we met almost in some ways. A year and a half ago. Yeah, it brought us together, one could say. Mm-hmm. Had a lot to do with it. Right. I certainly wasn't terrified. You were not. After meeting you, that was the first time I actually took a plunge into an ice bath intentionally. Yes, and you're the only one whose hair changed color because of it. Oh, Yeah. Why do you think I keep coming back for more? It has to do with your hair. I'm addicted to the color change. Yeah, it's fine. That's just what happens when your hair gets wet, It has nothing to do with the health benefits of the ice bath. Oh, okay. But we can talk about that. Yeah, you like the ice. You like it. I know. I truly, truly do. You were already doing cold showers. I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first time was up in the mountains of Pennsylvania, Pocono Mountains. Ooh. Fresh spring water. Near where we just came from. Near. I guess Cousin Mountains, you could say. Similar range. Similar range, yeah. Yeah, similar calm effect that you get from up there. That's right. So beautiful. Okay. I'm sure you'd like to get into one of these important things. So to what extent do you integrate ice bathing with heart shine coaching, heart shine, heart shining? Hmm. With heart-centered living. With heart-centered living. Yes, yes. Well, I think ice bathing is... A similar tool um, to a lot of the other practices that we do, like integrative breath work and yoga, meditation. Um, ice bathing is a another tool in the toolbox. It has such um, a calming effect on the body. Really brings you if you're really 
having an out of body experience and not really connected in mind, body and heart. There's nothing more grounding than getting into the ice and having to really come home into yourself to be able to make it through and enjoy it and get the most out of it and be at home in yourself. And it's good for the nervous system too. There's so many benefits. So Yeah, I know you you know I agree with that. There's nothing more grounding. Shit, I can't think of anything. Sometimes I, I know I was ungrounded a little bit earlier today because I hadn't eaten. I just did a really hard workout and I was definitely needing to recover. <clears throat> but I don't think that the eating was more grounding than the ice. And the ice, yeah, uh, the cold shower, the ice is right? probably the most grounding thing. But what does that word mean to you, though? I, people use that word, I think, a little too much sometimes, almost without really knowing why they've said it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that there's a lot of questioning around what it means. I think people sometimes... Grounding. Grounding. Yeah. Like people will say, I need to get grounded or I'm not feeling grounded, but I don't really know what I need to do to feel grounded. I don't know what it would take for me to become grounded. So that's a good question. Yeah, what is it even? In my experience, not being grounded is not being in alignment. So when the mind and the body are in sync, then you're in alignment and you're grounded in your body, in your entirety of, of who you are as a being on the planet. So you're more present as well, present to yourself, present to what's going on around you. It's a form of presence, I think. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to go about it depending on what you're needing. I mean, there's so much that can throw you out of alignment, if you think about it. Mm. Like not eating. That literally throws off your blood sugar and you can be completely discombobulated and not grounded, so to speak. Not able to really focus and make decisions. You may find yourself being really indecisive or irritable by the smallest things. And also that happens when you're experiencing anxiety or uh, anger and depression or any kind of tension, the body goes out of sync. So the mind is racing and you could see that in a you know pulse meter. If you were hooked up to a machine, the mind's racing, the heart's racing, and they're going completely different directions and you're just out of sync, you're out of alignment. It affects the way we function. So to me, that's what I equate to groundedness. Good answer. Is that my final answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the ice is one tool for that, and obviously you mentioned breathing, and sometimes you've got to eat. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess when I hear people say that word, sometimes it sounds judgmental. Or they're, they're projecting. And of course, we don't... You know, I, I think you know that uh, we're, we're just trying to get into this flow here. But I don't want to yeah. assume that grounded looks like one thing. Mm -mm. Alignment doesn't look like one thing. Mm -mm. So the obvious, potentially obvious, both and here is you want to be grounded and able to flow. Yeah. Grounded and fluid Yeah, at the same time. Taking and if the you can't do out. the one without the other, maybe you aren't really grounded and you aren't really able to flow. Yeah. How do we unpack that so it doesn't just sound like 
uh, something. So it doesn't sound like any old talk. You know what? Yeah. I, it's a question for me as well. Just yeah. thinking it through as we're... Well, I think unpacking that rigidity, right? I think rigidity and holding ourselves to a structure of one size fits all. I think that's the facade. That's the illusion. That's the that's where the judgment can come into play around. So psychosomatic rigidity, groundedness, both in your yeah, psychosomatic thinking, your rigidity, breathing, how you're holding your absolutely muscles and soft tissues. Yep. Yeah, to a certain standard that we may think um, is what means that we're grounded, or what makes another person grounded, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Or not even really think of it. It's just habitual and it's mm-hmm. essentially just patterning patterns, at that point. Patterns, yeah. That we develop over time. Absolutely. Habits, patterns. Habits form patterns and the would cycle goes on. Would you say that as a species we're grounded, Ari? Would you, what would you say? I think we're completely capable of being <laughs> grounded and that fluidity is a part of groundedness in and of itself in the most optimal way. However, do I think we live in a grounded state, the majority of human beings today on planet Earth? No, I don't. Try this on for size. So I'm with my first client this morning. Okay. And he's one of the, one of the most absolute success stories I have over the last couple of years in, in general. And it's probably because he really appreciates somatics in general, specifically through Feldenkrais. He's one of the few people who's actually really um, integrated Feldenkrais into his way of life as well. But we, of course, do things that are more conventionally, or that I often am more associated with, um, <clears throat> with the gym. And he's been getting so much, in general, stronger in the ways that I care about. And when he tests out if something is sinking in it's usually with walking you know walking and running are one of the main barometers that we use here and the distinction that you can usually see is are the arms moving in a particular pattern and if they stop it's because he's holding something as soon as he stops holding that he can reorganize so sometimes he allows me to get on my little soapboxes and I think he actually appreciates it. And we talk for a little bit about the macro stuff here. And what we got into this morning was imagining the possibility if of our normal lives as being mostly, when we're awake, mostly consisting of standing and walking and actually being on our two feet doing things, as opposed to potentially those being things that that kind of um, uh, activity, those activities in general, consisting as things we've added to our routines. So that's a fancy way, I realize, of saying like if we were outside most of the day or most of our waking life, because when you are, you're typically not too concerned about, especially if you're not in a city, you're not too concerned about the, uh, you know, what's right there in front of you. You're, th- you're paying attention to a horizon, or the the distance of where you're imagining going is greater than a couple steps before you have to turn, or greater than a couple steps before you're set up to stop. 
So anyway, I just realized to whatever extent I think it's true, we're not grounded partly because we're just not outside. Yeah, and yeah, t- <laughs> and I'm gonna get more smoothie because I still need to eat. <laughs> it's delicious. I think in part of that, though, um, in what you said that well, in contrast makes a lot with of our sense. trip, yeah, and being outside and everything that I think you just said that that ladders up to around groundedness is self awareness, and I think that depriving ourselves of an abundant time in nature and being a part of nature and spending time outside I think we're also depriving ourselves of self-awareness that can actually be a very natural adaptation a really natural part of ourselves and a part uh, just such a natural I appreciate you saying that because even as I was describing it, I realized I didn't want to just be sounding. And you know, I I never want to sound like there's a silver bullet. Even saying we need to just be outside more is I'm so bored with my own voice as I'm hearing that and my own thought process because it is like we talk about it all the time. If there is one silver bullet, so to speak, it is self-awareness. All of these components are just tools to reinforce that. That's right. That's right. And that's exactly where I was coming from in talking about the ice and the benefits of the ice it's a tool it's a tool amidst many incredible tools that can work for different people based on the needs of different people and exactly where they're at today and that all encompasses where people come from the lives they've lived what they carry what habits they live by and patterns that have become a part of of who they are in their current state self-awareness is the broader the broader overarching tool that i think everything else ladders up to and can be used to help facilitate um, a stronger sense of self-awareness self-awareness is a tool and a kind of state. Yeah, okay. uh, absolutely. Yes, that's exactly right. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's I see. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that I, I see for, for myself, you know, first and foremost, I think as a, as a coach, as a teacher, as someone who has anything to say in hopes of in, inspiring someone else to be able to give in that way you have to live it. And so, yeah, the more self-aware I am, the better I feel and the more grounded I am in my body in every way. So, yeah, it's a great tool and a state of being for sure. Well, it can't possibly be anything, but it has to be. It's the inherent both end because Mm, you... obviously if you're aware of yourself you're going to continue to observe and if you're continuing to observe you're going to continue to become more and the more never ends it just expands and increases and shifts and um moves and spirals and you just have to continue to use that tool to pay attention to that state that's right so that's right the gift that keeps on giving is quite accurate and why okay so different way of looking at groundedness is self-awareness and the mixture of being grounded and fluid is self-awareness we're kind of saying so why does it seem like 
because we got to get into the 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 shit here, Ari. Why does it seem like self-awareness is so difficult? Is it, or am I just am I projecting that? Well, it's not something that's taught broadly. Hmm. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's so funny because it's something <clears throat> that inherently is a part of us, self-awareness, just like inner strength right, is naturally a part of us, just as an example. And we can unpack that, sure. But just as an example, things that are inherently a part of us, that doesn't mean that they don't require some fostering to, to hone the, the skill and use of self-awareness and strengthening self-awareness and being able to live in that state of consciousness where we are aware of ourselves and each other in the world. I think our society places a lot of emphasis outside the self and in pursuit of um, the physical world. And it contradicts what self-awareness requires, which is a, a, attention inward. You know I'm going to have to ask you what you mean by the physical world. The physical world? <laughs> I mean money. I mean pursuit of, of, of success and achievement outside the self. I mean in, Would you, in, a, in a destination kind of, of state of needing to, to, to okay. get somewhere and achieve something and um, focus on consumption as opposed to development of the self for fulfillment and for greater sense of, of being in the world. Um, Sounds so, like you're hitting on the yeah. excessive striving. Excessive striving. Yeah, excessive striving. But I don't okay. want to use I don't want to use my words to describe it. So yeah. is that how else would you say that? Because you, you know, obviously, you know that I hit on that phrase, the physical world, because we are. Yeah, I think I think the excessive striving. I think what that's about is, in many ways, masking having to go deeper because self awareness requires an unpacking of experiences and emotional impact. So emotion. I don't think that we're well equipped as a society to feel, to unpack emotions, trauma, um, looking at the why behind why we do what we do, why we have the, the habits that we do, why we're stuck in the patterns that we're stuck in, why, why, why? Because that requires an ability to feel and a willingness to feel, and that can be very uncomfortable. Self-awareness isn't exactly comfort. That's not, that's not what it's about. It's not about not experiencing a range of, of, of feelings and experiences. Yeah, we, I, thank you. That was good. Let's keep going with that. Um, appreciate that. So let's just keep unpacking that because I think there's a lot more for us to explore with that. The, the key point that I'm thinking about here is that does it have to be, as you said, uncomfortable or hard or 
painful or filled with challenges. And I think there's a yes and a no to that. I'm curious what you would say. I think there's a yes and a no to that as well. It definitely doesn't have to be. Because it's equally, if not even more so, uncomfortable to be ignorant and out of control and just as we could say ungrounded or rigid or folk or tense yeah because that's that's more of an experience of being stuck like that is more of a refusal to come out of a current state that doesn't really serve you so it's like a denial of what needs to be done and therefore staying in a place that you really don't like but are afraid to leave because you don't know any different and not really sure what's on the other side and this might be better even though it's really uncomfortable but somehow it's still comfortable it really doesn't make any sense and yet at the same time it does it's like okay where comfort lies is sometimes the greatest pain of all because it's really not what you want and it's not it's not serving you the best way it can you're not feeling fulfilled or whatever the case may be and Self-awareness doesn't have to be, I'm not saying that it's this incredibly painful experience and you go through all of this stuff, well, but I there think, is no, growth is. and growth is uncomfortable. I'm curious if it has to be. It doesn't have to be, but it, but, <clears throat> but I think the way we measure pain and discomfort is part of the problem, as if those things are bad things, as if those things are to be avoided at all costs, that we dare not even really talk about them, that you just push forward and just move on you just buck up and just keep on living the dream as if as if that's avoiding the pain more than it is to LTD, just baby. admit it yeah so no it doesn't have to be pain and it also doesn't always have to be this rainbows and butterflies well here's a different way of asking the question then because of course it's you know, what we're describing is basically the hero's journey, the classic breakdown of a hero's journey. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, everything that we love is a hero's journey. And, I mean, what American, and maybe even just human, but especially American, doesn't love a good hero's journey where somebody makes it through something and then it's just, we imagine some sort of fantasy horizon and that's, that's it, end of quote-unquote story. We know that's not true, though regardless of and we can unpack that but regardless of the hero's journey context it seems like those stories all stem from the narrative is there's some kind of unavoidable or inevitable or required challenge or struggle that they're dealing with and they choose to they find it in them to deal with it in a certain way that we admire and we emulate my question is simply why does that even need why is that context so accepted why is that idea that there needs to be some uh challenge out of which the hero is born the phoenix rises why is that context so socially normalized and accepted as if that's something that is required and therefore good i think that's insane (laughs) That's interesting. I think that it's, I think... I think that's part of our collective psychosis, is liking that and believing that's necessary. You know what I think about that? I actually think it's a matter of reframing. I don't, 
I don't think it's crazy for the reason that I'm about to tell you. And when I do, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think it's so in parallel to nature, if you think about it. The way nature thrives, the way nature is, is through growth. So growth and destruction, death, decay, rebirth, growth, thrivance, death, and again, look at trees, plants, animals, the way that nature thrives, right? It's exactly that. That growth from a seed to a sapling to a full-grown sycamore that is absolutely beautiful and has this long, I love those trees, and has this long, long life cleaning our air, creating a system underground, having this really beautiful world will eventually die. And it all begins again. And all the while, it has new saplings that it's helping to grow and flourish, and so it goes. So this hero's journey is actually very much in parallel to that. We've just dramatized it, and we've made it really scary. We've made it really extreme. We've made it something that not everybody goes through because it's only certain people who are meant to rise to the top. There's, there's only so many people that have that story that, that kind of come from nothing, which is not really nothing. It's in the nature world. It's just a little sapling that's going to grow, and it might go through some inclement weather or some dog pee or like it might have some really weird things that happen to it and then it may grow into this beautiful sycamore so again this story is just so dramatized and so thinks it's so explicit from nature and it's not it's actually really in parallel we just don't embrace it we don't embrace the journey of this ever going cycle and the experience of growth which can be a little scary or painful Okay, so if we embraced that and we weren't relating to it as some sort of unique aspect of you know, as something that only some people go through and yeah. the rest of us are missing it or haven't figured it out yet or it's just something that is only for a select few, blah, 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 mm -hmm. which seems like most people don't really, or a lot of people in our lives don't really buy into that, but there's obviously a you know, a kind of thinking and and conscious consciousness that is um that we're not too familiar with because of the people that we associate ourselves with but there's def there are definitely people who play the victim or think or don't take responsibility and aren't so to speak self-aware in the way we're describing and those people potentially relate to heroes or um the, those who welcome the challenges as others. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing is it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And, and I hear you, the nature metaphors obviously work, the butterfly being the most kick-ass one. And it also sounds like you're suggesting the same thing, which is the idea that it has to be so fucking hard is a little cuckoo. Right. Okay. And this, it, it is, that's definitely, it's definitely cuckoo. The idea that it has to be so hard is cuckoo. That's my point around the fact that because there's some pain and discomfort, that that is the worst thing ever, that that is something to be avoided at all costs. When it, 
it's really a part of the process. It doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be so hard at all. The less we embrace it, the harder it is. As opposed to just embracing it as a part of the process of growth. We are a part of nature, whether we like it or not. And if we look at nature, as I was just saying, around the process of growth, we must grow as well. And that also stems back to what I said earlier around this idea of achievement outside the self. We don't measure our growth and success as human beings broadly by how we develop as individuals, as part of the collective. We measure that in terms of our achievements. Our growth is measured by how much we accumulate, how we progress in our jobs, whether or not we have children, offspring, are married for the rest of our, are married for the entirety of our lives. It's very external values of progression and growth and development as opposed to the whole of the individual, which certainly can include those things. I'm not saying it doesn't. But there's something missing, and that is what can be likened to the natural world that doesn't have to be so dramatic. It's just growth. Bitchin'. 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 Okay. Bitchin', bitchin', bitchin'. You don't sound like you're from Venus. I may or may not be. Okay. I may be from multiple planets. You probably are. Um, glow Wild. This sounds like the kind of wisdom that you're bringing to Glow Wild. Is that likely the oh case? Gosh, I can only hope. Yes, yeah. that is definitely and, the and goal. Yeah. How do you feel about me finishing our smoothie? Looks like you're about to do it anyway. So does it really matter how I feel? No. J K L O L, go for it, hun. It's a good smoothie. Really good smoothie. J K L O L. J K L O L. She had me at J K L O L. Yeah, I assume this is very relevant to Glow Wild. This is foundational, uh, as you're referring to it, growth awareness. The These are the foundations of coaching, as I think you relate to it, mm-hmm. in, especially with uh, the tools that you're bringing to your own life and seemingly to others. So what are you writing down? I like that. Growth awareness. Growth awareness, yeah. Great. In general. We put words together. That's very cool. Talk about Glow Wild. What the heck is Glow Wild? Mm-hmm. How did it happen? <clears throat> What's the deal? Yeah. What, so, what are all you women doing? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, we are a tribe of women. So Glow Wild Tribe is a passion project of my dear, dear friend and soul sister, Natalie Izzy, who is also a life coach and a teacher of children with emphasis on mindfulness. She's super inspiring. I love her dearly. We've been friends for 12 years now, and we met in college. So our friendship has evolved drastically. We've always had fun together, and along the way, our paths have stayed super entwined. uh, Or intertwined? Intertwined? Intertwined. Intertwined. Intertwined around... um, self-development and spirituality and growth as women and we're both really big fans of Hay House authors we've gone and and seen some of our our favorite authors speak and all along the way we've wanted to work together 
we've wanted to somehow come together as life coaches and do something special together. So a couple of years ago, we started doing um, just some free workshops as coaches on spirituality and self-development, mindfulness, and we loved it. We had great success with that and came back together again earlier this year before all things COVID and we did a self-love workshop and self-love and body image workshop at Westchester University here in Pennsylvania and we just loved it. We could just feel how the energy was between the two of us and what we were able to do and serve and give to these women. So we started Glow Wild Tribe. We were both feeling passionate about banding together as women during these times and serving a community of women. So we started this virtual women's group and we meet once a month and every month is themed. We get together and we we talk to each other. We um, hear each other out. We share our coaching perspective um, around that topic. So we teach, we give tools and we share as a sisterhood, forming a bond. And we keep the conversation going in a private members only group on Facebook. It's fantastic. Is that why you did the yeah, yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We come together. I mean, if only we could have a little fire or something, you know, it's a little Mm, hard to do over Zoom. Like wide open. Yeah. Like wide open. Yeah. For the men. For the men. Okay. Find our homestead. We need to get into homesteading. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Two things about Glow Wild. One of them just came to me. I want to, I want to ask you about anxiety. Okay. Why is that? uh, Do you... Why do you think, if you're comfortable sharing, sure. that anxiety is such a... A thing. Th- yeah, why is that a thing? Why what is, is that? Why is anxiety such a thing? So anxiety... Could I sound like more of an alien when I say... You are definitely from Mars. Um, <laughs> anxiety is the experience of fight, flight, or freeze in the body. So it is as much of... An emotional state as it is a mental state as it also is a physical state. It is something we experience and it can become as much of a habit turned pattern that we are stuck in, in ourselves, in our lives as anything else. It's not the fault of anyone. No one is to to blame for experiencing it. No one is broken. No one is sick. It just is something that can happen. Why? I think it all stems back to what we were talking about, Colin, around the lack of, yeah, lack of of fostering of, of growth awareness and what to do with certain emotions that we experience. So when we experience discomfort or fear or worry, and we don't know where it's coming from, We don't know why. That can worry us even more. And when we don't know what to do with that, when we don't know what to do with an emotion, period, and it is stuck inside us, it literally affects the physical body, the mental body, and it can just stay stuck in loop and then drive us even more and more into that state of worry, which can then turn into that fight, like, okay, I need to do something 
to get myself out of this. I'm going to fight my way out of this and do something that's going to make me feel better. It can be to flight, which is a state that state of panic. But either way, it's a it feedback loop. And then it can also freeze loop. us. Yeah, it's, it's a feedback little, loop. And just like anything else, which there's is not triggers a good in life. Loop. No, it's terrible. A fairly limiting one. And it's very it's very limiting because it's um for anyone who's experienced anxiety, whatever type it is, it can be extremely you debilitating. Should try ice baths. Oh God. Is that what you were gonna say? Uh that's exactly what I was about to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. No, there's different tools for different folks depending on what you're experiencing. So for me, for example, if I'm ever experiencing tension and anxiety that um, might typically put me in a performance mode of needing to like do something to perform my way out of the way I'm feeling. It's funny you use that word because so, some people use that word with such um, positivity, if you will, obviously. Well, semantic, there's, there's, semantic, there's, semantic. Well, there's <laughs> certainly positivity around being performance driven. It's always about the motivation. If yes. I'm motivated to be performance if i'm performance driven because i'm motivated by my anxiety you mean like put on a show though i mean put on a show and go achieve something so i feel better about myself right and that's As not opposed, the kind of motivation no that's not what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah no that's not that's but, not, not ideal anyway i'll put myself into a hot bath and it really calms me down now if there's somebody who is in like total flight mode and they are about to jump out of their skin and they're panicking and don't know what to do with themselves the last thing that they should really do is get into an enclosed space in a bathtub because it might just send them over the edge so Hmm. there's different things that different people can do one of the practices i recently became certified in is um eft oh right tapping yeah and tft you just did that during the last five months i did i did it's for me, it's been a fantastic tool for alleviating anxiety. Essentially, what it is is um, energy field technique and thought field technique, and it's tapping. So we have meridians in the body, much like in acupuncture, except without needles, we tap some of those meridians with our fingers in a specific pattern as we breathe and there's repetition within that pattern to alleviate the stress that we're feeling, whether it be states of anxiety, depression, anger, you name it. So it's an extremely effective tool. Again, there's a lot that we can do. And anxiety, I think, plagues a lot of people, again, because we aren't fostering growth awareness. And I also don't think we are fostering happiness. And what I mean by that is fulfillment in life with the self. And the more we fight that, the more we foster a society that encourages happiness outside the self through what I was saying, accumulation of wealth, of things, of performance status, And the less emphasis we place on connection with the self, connection with community, connection with nature, connection with everything outside of physical accumulation and status, I think the more anxiety we drive. Because it's not our natural state to ignore the self. 
and connection. So that reminds me about last night, partly. Cool. And let's go there. Yeah, and you may be doing what I just did for a second, but yeah. we'll get to that. So Probably. the 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 neat piece of this is as well, though, that you and I both know we want the things we want. The homesteading word we just threw out there is relevant to things that we want, things that we care about, things that are inspiring to us, the visions that are inspiring to us. Um, you don't, you're doing, you'll know when to do it. Cool. You're doing it anyway? I'm doing it. Just leave, right. me, leave, me, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone, Kurtz. Well, yeah, the, this time that we are living through is obviously unlike others in a few different ways. One being we have access to people who have supposedly won capitalism. There's that fun joke right now that's not so funny if you really think about it, how Instead of billionaires, there should just be a certificate that's given to you once you, uh, once your bank account reads nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, you just get a certificate that says you win capitalism, and the billionaires are all basically seemingly recycling the same things we're talking about now, whether it's Oprah and I don't mean any offense to any of these people. I suspect I'd get along with all of them in various ways. Definitely um, Oprah. They're, uh, they've just simply perfected the art of um, manufacturing or um, providing convenience uh, with regard to Jeff. Or uh, And that's the thing. We think of them like people just like us these days because they're doing the same things. They're talking about the same things. They haven't come up with some other kind of achievement. They've just won the game. And then some of them who even win the game, this is actually part of what I would get, someone even like Mr. Elon Musk, who has won the game, literally thinks that we need to abandon ship and the whole planet is is uh, going to be the death of us. We can't stay here, whether it's because of global warming, uh, therefore um, water levels rising, or AI, or some sort of inevitable pandemic, or who the heck knows what. But the point is that there's no actual other solution. There is no solution that's being provided by people who have supposedly won the game or achieved those things. They are, which is why we love Jim Carrey and Russell Brand and people of that um, character and that caliber, they've all figured out there's nothing actually different they've just provided themselves with certain resources that are temporarily satisfying and that are um, allowing for yeah temporary satisfaction but not of course in any really sustainable soul level which inevitably I don't know how you can't get to the simple yet com seemingly hard to fathom point that the whole, like you said, motivation and the, and the actions that are result a result of the motivation have to be rewritten and it has to be a reprogramming from the ground up. The entire game into which we just inevitably fall into and play is 
not only it's not even fair to say it's rigged it's just terribly designed for quality of life no matter how well you handle it and last night what i was getting clarity about was the need to just own that as myself in the ways that i can even the anger i feel by with regard to how absurd it all is in the sense that clearly you couldn't be more clear that we're just we're functioning like it's not even fair to say animals because that's insulting just it's the most animals, ignorant kind of species yeah the most ignorant kind of species most ignorant kind of creature we're functioning with almost complete ignorance and we don't have to mm-hmm. and the anger is related to the fact that we don't have to and the clarity that i was finding is just own that own that that's true own the feeling of anger that even the self-righteous anger and present another option the whole thing about happy grow media which obviously you wanted us to get into is to present and represent another option we're not billionaires so we can't build it so to say but even if we could it still have to we still have to find a way to present it and make it look attractive and make people care and be inspired so presenting another option I honestly don't see how you could be focused on anything else, no matter who you are. Again, that's why someone like Jim Carrey is exciting. Yeah. People who have literally won the game realize the same damn thing. That whole documentary, I Am, the same damn thing. There's got to be another representation. And what we're committing to, you and me and a Real Wellness Collective and our partners and our loved ones and potentially more, is presenting that option. Yeah. I th- I think you absolutely nailed it. I love that this came to you last night. For, yeah, that was yeah, the for clarity. The, for the record, we were we were meditating before bed, and we don't, like every night, babe. Like right? Every night, yeah. All we do is sit around and meditate. And just sit around and meditate every every night and drink smoothies. Drink smoothies and some cold brew and kombucha. I'll sh- I'll shut I actually up, hate sorry. kombucha. You have um, never drunk a kombucha. I, yeah, I have not since we've been together because I don't like it. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I used to before you. <laughs> I used to before you, babe. Oh, wow. Now, um, in all seriousness, we were meditating last night by chance. And um, we don't set timers at night when we meditate. Just kind of come out of it and go to bed. And I came out of mine to a sound of laughter coming from Colin. That epiphany laughter of like, oh my gosh. Wow, that makes so much sense. And exactly what what you just shared was what you were thinking of, which I love. Um, And I could not agree more. I think what comes to mind is envisioning scales, you know, like a a scale balance. Think of like the Libra scales or legal scales. And it is so tipped in one direction that it's breaking the scale. And no one is doing anything about it who really can do something about it. That's basically what's happening, except in this case, it's not just a breaking of the scale and we get a new one. It means we break the planet. <laughs> we essentially just completely destruct ourselves and everything here. And it's really, truly catastrophic. It's really bad. And you and I talk about this all the time. I don't have all the answers. Don't pretend to. But what I do know, what we do know is that change is needed and is there a question of 
can capitalism as it operates today, as it is structured today, can that thrive? Can any form of capitalism thrive in another way of operating? I don't know. Is socialism the answer? No. Is communism the answer? No. I don't have the answers, just like you were saying. We don't have the answers, but I never do said know that. is that it's wrong. Oh, okay. What is it? I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. I know you don't know. Stop. Don't play me like that. Um, but I agree. That's why we're doing what we're doing with Happy Grow. That's why we're banding together with other like-minded people who realize the same thing. And I think there's a lot of people who are waking up to this. A lot of people, very fortunately, who have achieved so much in in life, like you were saying, like our some of our favorites, Russell Brand and and Jim Carrey and and some um, other, you know, Gabby Bernstein, people who have platforms and are teaching from those platforms uh, a way to help awaken people to what's more in life, what's more in life in terms of um, what you can experience for more fulfillment that doesn't have to be so destructive and, and really work against you and work against everyone else. Um, it's not to say that achievement isn't a good thing. Like, I think to be, to be clear, to not be, you know, striving for something, to be working towards something and building something. I think that's, that's brilliant. And the creativity and, and, and intelligence behind that is a beautiful thing. Again, it just comes down to balance and what is enough and the motivations, the motivations for it. Yeah. And, and that, in my opinion, is where money fails us as um, a godhead, as a tool, as what we see as the all powerful, all desirable, everything we do is for money because it takes us further away from ourselves and our true nature and our connection with our true selves on a soul level, which we could unpack what that means, but on a soul level and with each other and the natural world and the planet in pursuit of something material, that in pursuit of that something material has grave consequences. And so, yeah, I think taking a bottom up top-down approach is the way to go teaching what we know works to restore a sense of balance on an individual level and reaching as many people as possible and empowering people to live better in a way that serves more greatly and what i mean by that is holy holy like with a w where we are living more fulfilled lives, like true pursuit of happiness that's gratifying and not so much stuck outside the self and waiting to be told what's the right way to go and the right thing to do. It's just living better, feeling better, sharing it, creating something new. Hmm, creating. Creating. Quite a few things from what you just said, but I think one really key question, one big takeaway question from that last piece there is, if you had your, all your needs met, would you still be creative? Would you still feel motivated 
and inherently driven and inspired, it seems like there's this assumption that without the the tension of this and the struggle to survive, the tension of life and the struggle to survive, we wouldn't be creative and we wouldn't want to do things. We'd lose all ambition to improve our lives and others' lives and to explore and to discover and to um, make new. It seems like we think that. We have this inherent belief about ourselves that we need the one for the other. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we can even question that does mean... I know it might not seem like an obvious equation, but the fact that we can even question that, I'm questioning that, means that it, isn't, it doesn't have to be that way. If you can recognize that it doesn't have to be that way, you can make a choice. And I strongly <laughs> believe that we need to reconcile our belief about creativity and newness and what would we do do literally if we quote unquote didn't have to if it wasn't a function for survival and a means for survival what would we do i think we would be having hoot nannies uh, like no other and we'd be celebrating and we'd be engaging in the ecstasy and exploration of interacting and and um uh, <laughs> romancing every moment and everything around us without question. Would that happen immediately? Can we do that quickly? I don't know. Like you're saying, I don't have those answers. But if we, you and I hypothetically had billions of dollars, I know I would, I can't imagine, and I of course have attempted to, I can't imagine doing anything other than what we've talked about doing because what what else can you aim for other than inspiring others to live differently and that gets to this homesteading model you've read the ringing cedars part one you know where i'm at with the ideas of a village oriented world and how that's what has to happen so if, if I personally was able to tip those scales and push buttons a certain way, I can't imagine not doing it that way. Hence, that's the focus now. Hence, the clarity of last night. Because you don't need the money to do it. You just have to live it. But I wonder, like, do you think that... Do you think if we did have the billions of dollars, would that be the case? Do you think we'd still... Like, would our ideas about all of this still be the same, you think? I think we'd buy a yacht. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a yacht and we'd, we'd say, fuck it. We'd buy a yacht and just be like, adios or would amigos. We yeah, would we, or a yacht or want to go to Mars. going back to Venus. But yes, that's... No, that's, that's it, I'm joking. Would, because in all seriousness... <laughs> oh, it's a spatial yacht, yeah. No, in all, in all seriousness, my answer is I'm not being serious yes. enough for you, am I? You're never serious enough for me. I'm so serious. I never play. I just want to take this microphone. <laughs> uh, no, but for real, can I... You, can you grab that cold brew when you get a chance, by the way? We'll be right back in just a few moments. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I will get it for you. Um, hold tight. 
How much do you think I sound like I interrupt you during this? I think I'm doing a pretty good job not interrupting you. What do you think? Don't answer that. All right, yeah, go. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm very much enjoying this. And to answer your question, jokes aside, I wholeheartedly believe we would still be as passionate as we are about what we are passionate about if we had billions of dollars. Would we still believe in homesteading? Absolutely. Would we still believe that change is necessary? Absolutely. Why? Because we care about the world outside ourselves. I think there's a really big misconception around, you know, a, a deeper connection with the self means selfishness. Not necessarily. The more connected you are to yourself and your true nature, mind, body, emotions, soul, in every way, you're able to be more connected with the world around you. It's inevitable. It's not something you can avoid. That is the truth. The more connected you are with yourself, truly, you cannot deny the inherent connection that we all have to the world around us, nature, other human beings, animals, everything, the food we eat, that would impact the choices that we make. In my opinion, that's why we don't foster that connection in our society. It would be impossible to be functioning at high the way we are now in this way of living if we were all more connected to ourselves and each other and this planet. It would be impossible. We live this way for the benefit of a very small population of people. Part of the problem is we at large think, again, because of that very small population of people who have a big impact in government and the, the rules we all abide by and how we live and operate and consume, that we can't have it all. Meaning, you know, there's no other way for cars to function except fossil fuel and the innovation that we have made with battery life and the way that, you know, Tesla being most innovative is functioning. Like, you know, it's hard to push the envelope there or go much further. Like this is what it is. The way we operate now, the status quo, how can we possibly go beyond that and still have the quality of life that we do if we want to call it that way? There's, you know, this thinking that we can't, that we can't be happy and still explore the world and, um, you know, visit each other or, 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 you know, have maybe even nice clothes, however we want to measure that, if we don't do it a certain way, that there's no happy medium. And that if we give, if we change, then we lose it all. Yes, maybe we do lose some things. Because for the greater benefit of the whole, the way we have certain things really isn't serving everybody. It's really not, it's really not a good thing, right? Like we might have to give some things up, give some things up entirely or pay a heavier price for them so or they, have less. And th that's relate really this scary. to the homesteading and village because I, I think. I th I'm pretty sure I know what you're saying because we obviously talk about this a lot yeah. and it's our whole, to a very large extent, our whole world. Mm -hmm. 
it sounds um, the specific piece that I think you're driving at is kind of what we were saying a second ago. Would we still want a homestead? No, no, well, yeah, yeah, right, right. No, but generally now, all of us, would we still have enough and be, <clears throat> would it work? for our own individual happiness if we weren't just focused on our what you're describing as those particular benchmarks of success of, and it sounds like you're saying that the idea happy I mean, we'd be happier yeah 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 answer. we would exactly. be happier we would be happier we would be more connected and more fulfilled i think we would actually need less i think a lot of people would say they've learned that they actually do need less after everything with COVID, myself included, um, yes. needing less. Yeah, absolutely. And, but what I'm also saying is I think there's an immense fear. That's literally around the word. giving, I was trying to get to that around word. giving certain things up that like, that if I, that's the whole thing, yeah. right. That if we go in a different direction and we change, then that means I lose it all. And I'm going to give up things that give me great comfort and pleasure. And what I'm saying is that doesn't necessarily have to be true. Is that in part going to be true? Are there some things that we'll need to give up? Yes. Are there some things we won't? Yes. Will we be happier? Yes. Yes. What matters more? I think that's the bigger question. And is there a way to just do it better so that we can all be happier and still be, you know, having our needs met, still have comfort, still have pleasure? Yes. It doesn't have to be a fight for it all, for everything. It's lack consciousness that drives that. That's the state we live in. That's what we foster is lack consciousness. There's not enough for everybody, not enough to go around. We're fighting for something. If you're not fighting, then you're losing. And no one's happy. Yes. All right. That nailed it. That makes sense. So complete I can go home now? Sense. Is that it? Are yeah, done? you can go. Just... Please. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I think because, you know, you know, with my obsessive way in my obsessive compulsive kind of ways and I'll just own that I I play with formulas and play with scenarios it's mm -hmm. like a Doctor Strange kind of thing like I'll play with all of the possibilities that I can imagine and then if I can't imagine more I, may, I see if other people can imagine them so that I'm not missing anything and you know we think about water level rising we think about obviously pandemics we think about Asteroids. We think about eventually where the sun will burn out. That's clearly nowhere near okay. uh, or within our lifetime. That's not going to happen. But there are all these doom and gloom scenarios. We think about um, that stupid volcano in Yellowstone. Like all of these things that could happen. And of course they could happen. And we're, we sh there's no reason to ignore any of those things. And I'm certainly not suggesting that we don't. I'm very grateful that people make sure asteroids don't hit this planet. I'm very grateful um, that the volcano doesn't go off in Yellowstone, etc., etc. What I hear you describing is almost a, a two-sided, or two effects of fear. The one being driven like a crazy person to just 
run around on a hamster wheel, hence, you know, even just the rat race phrases, but it's not even a rat race anymore. It's more like a I mean, zombie the, race. It's a zombie. Yeah, because it's completely <laughs> nonsensical. We know yeah, it's nonsensical. We're so with zombies. We probably. Are, we are zombies. It's probably that. Yeah. <laughs> There's the nonsensical, just yeah. monotony, and the what people we get caught up in in the routines, and we see that all the time. That's the norm, if you will, frighteningly so. But on the other side of that is where we go, like, well, it's all going to shit anyway and i think what you're you know go back to the very beginning of what you were saying about um how rigidity is a reflection or a response to not being both grounded and able to flow those two ideas seem to have us trapped. And that's what I was getting at with regard to somebody even like Elon Musk. The guy literally thinks that we need to get off this planet. He's one of the smartest fucking people on alive in, in a certain context of intelligence. And he believes that we're fucked. We have to leave this planet. There's no bigger doom kind of imagine or uh, yeah, scenario than what he's thought of. <laughs> so yeah. in his equation, we need to leave Earth. How, how could people not have, how could, ap- is fear is one thing, but even the apathy, how could that not be endemic? And of course, it's not, thank God, because people are fired up. But are they fired up for something that truly would make our norm as a species our normal experience better as you call happier and that i think is again when we get to the the vision for happy grow media Mm -hmm. real wellness collective and why we talk about homesteading and this village and all of these things that yeah we are seemingly very committed to why are we committed why do we think that those would make why does that matter how is that a cure or an antidote for the apathy or the fear? Well, I think the the apathy comes from denial. And that denial comes from programming in truly thinking and believing that the way we live and operate is the best way and the only way to function the only way is the way that i know Hmm. quote unquote right the only way is the way i know which is the way things are because they've always been quotes right that's one piece and that's programming that has to break that's undoing that's awakening that's big stuff and there are some people who are extremely ingrained in that and completely disinterested from changing that's a population of people that's pretty significant it's and that probably also a pretty live, large percentage right oh absolutely who also live in that fear driven state meaning that the way this society and way of living functions the the air quotes i was doing you know it's the only way i know it's the way it's always been this is how we do it is to have an enemy an enemy of the state an enemy of the person which could be either a disease it can be 
another person of a different skin color. It can be someone of a different sexual orientation or gender. It can be, you know, a terroristic threat of someone from another country. Any one of those things. It can be AI. It's an enemy of the state, an enemy to the way the way we live because of the way we do it. It's the way it's always been. It's a threat. And within that way of living, there always has to be an enemy. There's always an enemy that we're fighting against, that we're striving against, that we're striving to overcome. That's the way that mindset functions. That's that programming. That's how that computer system is done. Outside of that, you do have people who are extremely fired up, people who are really passionate about change and have no fucking clue what to do, who to believe, where to go. And they're also trying to get by day to day, you know, keep a mortgage going on their house, trying to buy a house, trying to feed their children, trying to feed their dog, trying to find love and not be alone, who are trying to stay healthy, fighting disease, who almost don't even really have time in their lives or energy to focus in one direction or another to be a part of change because they have no idea what to do, how to spend their resources towards it, and they are trying to survive and doing the best they can. And that's a big part of the problem too. And then you have pockets of people who are actively trying to change themselves their careers, the way they spend money and operate, mindset are really dedicated to self-development, growth awareness, connecting with others, uh, activism on the political spectrum, environmentally speaking, in every which way, who are trying to teach and grow at the same time and do things differently. Those are the pockets we have. And unfortunately, from the top down, those in power with the ability to enact change and have that filter down. I don't know really where they lie across that spectrum of the three. I don't, I I think that they're probably sprinkled across all of those and nothing is happening. So it does take a collective of people now more than ever. That cry is so important for us all to connect. Those of us who know we need to change who have ideas on how we can change, starting with ourselves, who have bigger ideas on programs, activism, ways of networking and connecting, now is the time to come together, band together, and try to bring that change forward in very realistic, adaptable ways, ways that can be implemented on a very individual level and collectively in communities, forming networks of communities around the world, Virtually, what a gift that is that we have the technology to connect the way we can right now. Take it into our own hands. Do what needs to be done. Teach it. Live it. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And that's what Happy Grow Media is all about. That's why I'm a life coach. To help teach that. To help foster that growth awareness for people. To help make that shift. Start small. Go big. Right, right. Amen. Start small, go big, think global, act local. Scale up, yeah. Yeah, and we allow ourselves, you and me, and a lot of the people that I engage with, we allow ourselves to think of the 
I guess what if the whole world was watching kind of macro, like that yeah. scale, like literally that's, that's where mm-hmm. I'm often, that's, that's how I often am with all of what I create is what would not just a couple people think, what would not mm-hmm. just Doylestown think, not just this country, but what would, how would this resonate with humanity? But even, but just even on that scale of say this country, Man, what a difference it would make, woman, excuse me, what a difference it would make if some powerful person, powerful in a conventional sense of able to literally say something that um, was clearly going to be heard by millions of people, even thousands, but millions is realistic for some. If they simply declared the only way we're going to improve our lives assuming you've already realized that they can be improved we don't have to keep doing things the way we've been doing them the only way is we're gonna have to get a little uncomfortable we're gonna have to let go of our attachment to convenience on a few levels one of them being well i'm not sure what the first place to start is there's there's some things that are obvious like you're going to need to stop having a yard you're going to need to god i immediately go to the question of like how much space is enough space for people and how much of course, hang on a second. We, of course, the risk is you just inevitably sound like some sort of. Um, Someone's going to say communist or communist socialist. Communist or socialist. If we exactly. can just take all of that well, out, though. Hang on, hang on. Take hang that on, all on, out of the on. equation. <laughs> right. Be- and, but that you're obviously jumping ahead to the problem here. But I'm, we're describing no, no. it in a way that is important. No, I'm just saying I'm agreeing with you that in what you're saying, if we take labels out. Of anything that we've known before. Out, exactly. Yeah, take the labels out. And if somehow they outlined the basic point that we're just too obsessed with this idea of independence. I, I always come back to this. The addiction or the idea of the addiction to or the idea of independence. Like, guess what? We're a li- we've gone a little too far, or we've gone as far as is smart. If we keep holding on to this extreme, it will be the death of us. If we don't kind of just go a little bit more towards interdependence, we're going to be in trouble. And look, it's going to actually be better. So let's just let's muddle through this. Let's make a few adjustments. And I guarantee you, I promise you, it'll be better. If somebody that had enough clout or was just that that enough people cared about could just say something to that effect and believe it, I, yeah. I don't know how it wouldn't work. It would make it a would huge be, difference. Wouldn't it? I think it would, yeah. However... But nobody says that. Well... The however there is that I don't think we necessarily need to wait for that because I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the the point of it is 
the but other bottom, than starting in our own family, well, that's which, what I'm saying. But but that doesn't it doesn't. Well, yeah, it starts with the self. I think that's that's the point around self development in growth awareness being such a top priority. Because as I was saying earlier, the more connected we are with ourselves and our true nature, we are then in, unable to deny the inherent connection to one another as a human species and the natural world in which we live in. And then you cannot deny that um, the suffering of another person is something that matters and that we, you know, that we can't ignore that. And that, you know, if the success of one person is causing the suffering of another, then there's got to be a better way. And that it's not about this independent way of being where one person's success matters more than another person's failure because, you know, they worked their butt off to get there more so than the other person. It's just, it's just a broken system. And it was broken from the beginning. It was established as something broken and packaged as something uh, high functioning and, and, and brilliant and very promising. So that all being said, it doesn't have to come from someone higher up filtering it down. I actually think it can have greater power coming from the people, coming from people who are actually doing it and living it and then spreading that good word and living the truth of that and other people being able to see the success of that and then being able to embody it and adopt it themselves. I think that is going to have greater power than it coming from a politician or somebody of high stature right now. That's what I think. And I think that it also even goes beyond just um, having, you know, less of a yard too. I think, you know, comes down to... um, how much we drive. We could we look at COVID right now and, you know, cutting the commute out of the picture, like the, the benefit of people driving less and driving um, to, you know, less, you know, not as far, I guess, just driving less and not going as far and driving more minimally. And then when they're really going to make a big, a big venture that, you know, it's not, Every day, then maybe people are flying as much as they are, but just redu- just changing the volume at which we operate and do things, even consumption of meat. Not to say that eating meat is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying how we, the, at mass, produce and eat and consume meat and then have waste. So just all of it, the bigger picture of how much is enough across the board. And then showing how happy you can really be with that. You just... (laughs) I'm responding. I don't get to do this with everybody. I don't get Mm -hmm. to do this with everybody. Yeah. What you... Okay. Thank you for resentfully doing this. Begrudgingly taking this video. What you were just describing is okay let me rephrase that um i'm thinking as we talk about this that we sound like a bunch of leftist commies and and hippies to some i'm sure to some people we sound like a bunch of leftist commies and i know i know we're not because we are literally saying that it's about both 
it's a, it's a both and scenario. It's about the individualism and the independence and obviously the collective and the dependence. Hence, we simply call it interdependence and interconnectivity. And it's all we're saying is that, like you said, the scale is tipped one way and it has been for a very long time. That's been the norm. We just haven't really been able to see it or willing to call it that in mass. And now maybe we can, but that by no means is a negation of one or the other, so to speak. The, you know, I've explored hippie communes enough to know that it's a pain in the butt and it sucks to be in a scenario where you don't have your own space, your autonomy is lost, your sense of solitude and sense of self is almost non-existent. It's, it's cuckoo. And that's not at all what we're suggesting. What we're suggesting is so... It's so obvious, and that's why last night that clarity about just owning it, just it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be hard. It is simple. It's just balance. It's, I was just going to say, just it's about balance. balance. It's about balance. It's not about giving up one thing for another. It's about balance. Right, and what we're exploring with what we are creating, Happy Grow Media and the Real Wellness Collective and independently in our own ways is how do we inspire that awareness of what's possible in that context of balance how do we inspire that awareness <sighs> because it is possible and that's what drives i that's what drives us yeah. knowing not just believing but knowing it's possible and now you know me well enough obviously we've we've been through a few things we've We've gotten around. Um, I got that. I saw what you did. You know me well enough that this is <laughs> this is the driving force, and I'm just glad we're share we're in, we're focused on inspiring more oh, awareness yeah. of this. That's what I'm we're happy here to do. I'm happy about that, babe. Here to inspire. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I know you. I know you just gave me the cue. That you have to pee. I do. I have to pee. Um, Can we? Just we take could a quick either. Break? We could, but we could also. We could leave it here for now. Um, we could leave it here, or do you want to wrap it up intentionally after you come back? I think we should wrap it up intentionally, and I want to talk more specifically about what Happy Grow is. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. cool. We'll, we'll be right back then. Be right back. Can't we just edit this out? Yeah, we can edit anything out. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, there here. she is. All right, let's wrap. It's all right. She can wait. She okay. can wait. She's late. Um, she could have driven in the rain in that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we're back. We're back. Ay, ay, ay. Nobody actually knew we were away, though, the way that it works. It's fancy. We're I can back. remember when, you know, who was watching that video. Like they recorded. <laughs> Okay. No one's going to know. All right. They're just going to pick it up where we left off. So you wanted to talk about Happy Grow Media, the yeah. Real Honest Collective, and and to see if there's anything else just and I think know that this cool is us to part one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Happy. Keep going. Happy Grow Media. So Happy Grow Media 
is a real wellness collective. And what we're really excited about offering there is a lot of free content um, around the different tools and practices of real wellness. And that there's so many different components of that and so many different tools that can be of incredible service to a lot of people, to everyone really. And um, to be able to share our own personal experiences and practices and perspectives as teachers, coaches, um, those who are are simply living it and here to share our gifts with others and inspire people to embody the change that we know can make a really meaningful difference in this world. And that's what it's all about. So we'll have a lot of amazing free content, as I said. We're super excited building everything together now. And then we'll have um, more offerings to go deeper to really do some transformative work with yourself, if that's what you're really interested in. Um, Taking that next step to make some things more permanent in your life, breaking bad habits and patterns and things that work against um, the new way of living and being that you may so desperately want. And we'll have courses and, and different programs and things like that that we'll be offering. So it's a collective of humans, a community. Yeah, a communal vibe, which is really cool. So in the back, we're going to, we obviously are turning the whole back room into a set. Into a set. Living room, dining room, and classroom. Classroom and. Yeah, we're teaching each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And our confessional. (laughs) That's what I've been told it's called. It definitely looks like one. That's where I'll be doing a lot of my my one off uh, talk series. Stuff like that. Yeah. So we'll have classes and different movement coaching and yoga, meditation, breath, all kinds of different stuff. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff to come. Part one of many, Colin Kurtz. <laughs> this was really fun. Real Wellness Collective. Yeah, it is fun. Um, yeah. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Months and months. Yeah. Yeah. Finally made it happen. I guess there's been some growth since we originally planned to do this. That I'd say now so. Now we're here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is the right time. It absolutely manifested at the right time. There's been a lot of growth. Always. That's a thing. It's a constant thing. The journey is endless. It is. Yeah. Thank you for tolerating being a unique guest in that you've allowed you've been willing to cooperate with the phone here oh always no that's it's all good my pleasure dear do you want to say why you dyed your hair why i dyed my hair pink yeah so i'm a pink blonde right now let me tell you i've never done anything so adventurous like this with my body before i've always been a been a blonde and kept things simple and not really stepped outside the box but in breaking some of my own chains so to speak with myself and really feeling more free and empowered as a woman, as a human being than I ever have before, pink's my color. I own it. And it's just some fun. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. It's cool. Who knows what's next? I don't know. Maybe I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> Go crazy. No, but it's not permanent. And uh, 
Have some fun. Seems like a good place to pause. I think so. Until next time. Did she just come in? Yeah, I think how so. How did she get in? I don't know. <laughs> but until next time, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. All right. Bye for now. Pause for now. Well, hey. Hi again. That was fun, wasn't it? She's a she's pretty incredible. Um, imagine being with her all the time. It's pretty wonderful. She's a powerhouse, to say the least. I hope you got that impression. So, let's see. I don't know if this one was... I think this episode... Well, you'll find out. Um, we'll do another one. We're probably going to do another one with Ari and someone else. Get a little trifecta going. But needless to say, if you didn't pick up on it, we've got some pretty significant projects that we're in the midst of getting off the ground and you will be seeing a lot more about and hearing a lot more about over the next couple weeks and months. Happy Grow Media, a real wellness collective. We are literally creating, uh, we, we turned the whole back room here at Koru into a set. Uh, we got a little I Love Lucy thing going on in the back. And we are recording shows, courses, instructional videos. We're creating content that will, oh, well, hopefully be relevant for guiding us all to a better, into a better world for ourselves and each other, to say the least, because that's pretty much the name of the game. That's my happy obsession, to say the least. Okay. Thanks for listening. Wonderful having you. Do all the things that you're supposed to do, and then some. Be well. Thank you. <laughs>